Would you pay $21 for an erection? And would you do so if you knew that it came with dozens of side effects? Well, the reality is that there are more than 1 million American men who said yes to that question and are doing it right now. And this insatiable demand has created an enormous $2.3 billion industry for those little blue pills helping erectile dysfunction. Now, I don't love those pills, but I do love what those businesses can teach us about helping us sell more products and services and ultimately helping more people. In this video, I'm going to walk you through five lessons that will help you do just that. Hey, welcome to The Healthpreneur Show. I'm Uriel Kame, CEO and founder of Healthpreneur. You are listening to this because you are a health professional or coach who is committed and driven to growing a successful virtual practice or coaching business online. In these episodes, I'm gonna give you the best of the best when it comes to marketing, sales, mindset, business growth in general to help you achieve those goals. So without any further ado, let's dive right in. Now, interestingly enough, Viagra actually started off as a drug in trials to help people with high blood pressure and chest pain. And in the clinical trials, the researchers actually found that it actually had the side benefit, which was, you know, causing erections. And they, they discovered that, you know what, these erections were kind of sticking around for several hours. And they realized that, you know what, this is a big opportunity because men in general, especially after a certain age, you know, run into issues with that stuff. And that's kind of how Viagra came about. It's almost like a, a byproduct of other stuff. Two interesting facts is Viagra's also been shown to increase the shelf life of flowers that have been cut and put into a vase. So they actually double the lifespan instead of them wilting. And the CIA even used Viagra to bribe tribes in the Afghanistan war because they realized that many of these men had multiple wives, a lot of them younger, and if they could improve their sexual performance, well, they'd be willing to trade that for important intel to the CIA. Anyways, Pfizer, who developed Viagra, had the largest sales in history of any drug that came to market when it first came onto the market in 2008. $2 billion in sales literally in the first 12 months of its release. Crazy. So, Let's dive into the five lessons that you can apply into your business to help you serve more people, sell more products or services, and ultimately grow your business without resorting to shenanigans like Viagra or Cialis. So the first lesson is that burning desire trumps burden. Here's what I mean by this is if you think about what Viagra and Cialis are solving, they're solving one of the most primitive, wired into our hard brain, at least as men, one of the biggest fears and frustrations, which is essentially losing our manhood. So the ability to pop a pill and literally prevent that or stop that from happening and perform sexually to spread our seed is a very, very strong desire for men at a primitive DNA level. And when you look at how strongly somebody wants an outcome, they are willing to go through almost anything to make that happen. Happen. So the lesson here is that burning desire trumps the burden because the reality is if you go to Viagra's website, more than 50%, 5-0, more than 50% of the text on the website is warnings, contraindications, and side effects. So they are blatantly telling us, and obviously the FDA and FTC have made that you know, mandatory, but nonetheless, they explicitly on the homepage tell you, this can cause this, this can cause this, this can cause this, this can cause this, but the burning desire of like, cool, I got that, I don't care. I wanna be able to perform in bed because if I'm not able to, I'm less of a man. That's literally the subconscious wire we all have as men. And what this means to you is when you are selling something, right? When we are selling a coaching program, a product or anything like that, we have to really think about, are we selling something that's a bleeding neck problem? Are we solving a bleeding neck problem or is it a stubbed toe problem? Think to yourself, am I offering something that is an absolute burning desire or is it kind of a nice to have? Am I helping people lose the last 10 pounds or am I helping them optimize their wellness. See the difference? 
So the second lesson is that the faster the result and the less effort involved in bringing it to life, the more people will want it and the more they're willing to pay. So think about this for a second. Speed and convenience trump all other than burning desire, right? Consider cosmetic surgery. It's a huge, huge industry, and we all know that. And we actually have a client who's a medical doctor, and she was telling me that during COVID lockdowns, in spite of everything being shut down and people losing their jobs and being furloughed and having less income coming in, she still had patients lined up out the door coming in for Botox and contouring procedures. Meanwhile, trying to get people to work out is like pulling teeth. So what's the lesson here? Well, The lesson is that if we can inject something or do nothing and have stuff done to us, then obviously that's going to be more desirable than us putting the time and effort to make something happen. Change is hard, and generally most people don't like doing hard things. As humans, we like easy, we like convenient, and that's why Netflix was able to put Blockbuster out of business, right? Cosmetic surgery is fast and easy, working out and changing the way you eat is hard, painful, etc. Now, I'm not saying that there are not people out there that are willing to do the work and willing to change, but I'm talking about the human condition as a whole. Generally speaking, we want results yesterday and we want them with less effort. So, I'm not suggesting that you put little blue pills added to the market and promise miracles with no work. But what I am suggesting is that if we want to be better in business, whether it's a product or service we're offering our audience, it's our duty as the owner of the product person to really think about what can I do to reduce the time and effort required upon my customers or clients to get the result that they want. So in the nature of a coaching business, if you have a coaching program, yes, your clients have to do the work. It's a 50-50 relationship. If they don't show up, they can't get results. That's on them. However, what's on you, what's on us as the the creators of these programs is to think about, okay, I understand that dietary change is difficult, that working out is uncomfortable, but how can I make it easier, not easy, easier? How can I make it simpler so that the perceived pain of change is lower than what they might think otherwise? If someone is able to help someone lose weight in 12 weeks and you're able to help them lose the same amount of weight in six weeks, what you're offering is more valuable to the marketplace because you're promising the same results in half the time. If you're able to help someone work out in 20 minutes a day instead of 60 minutes a day, not only do you have time on your side, but you also have perceived effort on your side. 20 minutes of working out is in our minds less effort than working out for 60 minutes. Again, it's not promising quick fixes and drop 20 pounds without doing anything, but it's about helping people understand that if you have a better mousetrap, if you have a better way of helping people achieve an outcome, understand that speed and convenience go a very, very, very long way because everyone is busy. No one wants to do the work, right? If they have an alternative to do less, that's going to be great. So although nothing is easy, you can do what you can to make it easier. And the better you get at doing this, the better your product or service becomes, the more likely your clients will get faster results. And if they get faster results, guess what's going to happen? They're going to stay with you longer and they're going to refer more people to work with you as well, which allows you to grow your business at an exponential rate versus just hoping that the odd client comes in here and there. Lesson number three is use fishbowl marketing instead of black box marketing. Well, what do I mean by that? So I want you to imagine this. Let's say that we don't know each other. And I say to you, hey, can you put your hand in this black box? You might say to me, no, I'm not going to do that because I have no idea who you are and I don't trust what's in that box. Could be a scorpion, could be a spider, could also be a million dollars, but you don't trust me. Therefore, you're likely not to do that. Meanwhile, if I came to you with a fishbowl, And I said, hey, could you put your hand in the fishbowl? You would most likely say yes if what you saw in the fishbowl was not scary. If you just saw a little goldfish or just water and a little treasure chest at the bottom, the likelihood of you putting your hand in is significantly greater whether or not we have trust and rapport built. Why is that? 
because you can clearly see what's inside. And so when I talk about Viagra being very, very transparent with their marketing and their warnings, contraindications, side effects, you might think to yourself, well, that's crazy, right? But it's not. Not only is it obviously an FDA and FTC mandatory compliance thing they have to do, but if you think about this, the more we can expose our flaws, the more we can be transparent about what's not great about our product or service, the more believable we become. And I have the belief that if people are aware of what they're about to get into, like they're aware of what's in the fishbowl, they're more likely to make a better decision than if they were to say, just put their hand in the black box. Can you imagine a world in which Viagra came out and said, you can have a four hour erection and there is no side effect, like no mention of contraindications or side effects. Now, yes, you will have a lot of men run to the store or ask their doctor for prescriptions, but there's also this thing in the back of their minds, like four hour erection, like, are you crazy? That's amazing. What's the catch? What's the catch? And if you think of what happens, especially online, when every third post, more or less, is some type of business guru or another coach or whatever making claims, what we're all thinking is, here we go again, what's the catch? Is this another scam? So what I'm suggesting here is that if we can become much more transparent in our marketing, Viagra, 50% of their website is literally like the negative side of Viagra, yet people are lined up and like in droves buying this stuff. More than a million men in America, right? It's just huge. And so again, we talked about some of those lessons of burning desire, Trump and the side effects. But also if you think about your business, if you can raise the objections, if you can raise the skepticism before your prospect has the opportunity to even think that in their mind, you control the objection, you control the skepticism and you have a much better time in neutralizing it, which makes the rest of your marketing that much more believable. So as an example, when you are showing your case studies and letting people know how your clients are winning, it's probably also a good idea to show them some of your clients who are not winning and maybe why that's happening and what you're doing to help solve that. The more you can start to expose the cracks in your armor, the more believable you become. And a lot of us tend to think of like, oh my God, I can't show the imperfections. I can't tell anyone that not all of my clients are winning or there are some defects in my product, whatever it is. But the more you can own up to that and flip it in such a way that is possibly beneficial to the end user, the better off your marketing is going to be, the more believable it's going to be. And it's going to help separate you from all the noise out there when everyone else is making these claims. You're the person who's saying, yeah, that's stuff fine, but there's also this other stuff you should be aware of. Now that you know that, I hope you can make the best decision possible for yourself. Okay. Hey, quick little interlude in today's episode. I don't know about you, but I'm a very visual learner. And if you're the same, you might enjoy this content in video format. If that's the case, be sure to head over to YouTube. Just type healthpreneur when you're searching in the YouTube browser and you'll come across our channel. A lot of the episodes for this podcast actually originate on our YouTube channel as videos. And if you'd like to see more of the visuals that I talk about in many of these episodes, then I would encourage you to go on over to YouTube, subscribe to the channel and enjoy all of the longer form videos as well as a lot of the shorts that we post online on a daily basis. So head on over to YouTube if you're a visual learner like I am, and let's get back to the show. Lesson number four, brand equals trust. Viagra costs five to 10 times more money than the generic alternatives. How? And yet people are still choosing Viagra over all of the other ones combined. I've been online since 2005 and I started off and, and still to this day, I'm a big proponent of direct response marketing, which is you put marketing out, you measure the response, you course correct and you rinse and repeat, right? You know exactly that this person came from there, then you, you, know, you have that attribution, et cetera. But if you think about the biggest businesses on the planet, the Coca-Colas, the Viagras, the Starbucks, et cetera, they don't use direct response marketing. What they use is brand marketing. 
brand awareness. And the reason they do that is because all they care about at that level of business is that people is just top of mind. If you go to a different country and you're about to get a coffee, where are you more likely to go? Starbucks, where you know exactly where you're, what you're going to get, or to a new cafe you've never had a coffee ever in your life. Here's the thing about the human condition. As humans, we are less concerned about making the right decision, but we are more concerned about making the wrong decision. And therefore, safety is very important in our decision-making process. Safety comes from familiarity. Things we see more often, we believe are more valuable. We attribute more safety to them because if something has been around for 100 years, well, it must be good, right? It's not going to just disappear tomorrow. And although logically we know that doesn't make sense, just because Coca-Cola has been around for what, 120 years, doesn't mean it's a great product, right? However, when push comes to shove, because it's so ingrained in our culture and in our psyche from a, what a century plus of marketing, it's just like second nature. So if we end up going to a convenience store and we're in the mood for a pop, we're more likely to grab a Coke, right? And that's how these big businesses stay so big is because they understand that brand equals trust. So with Viagra or Cialis, right? Those are the two main brands you see in commercials and you don't hear about the alternatives. You don't even know what the alternatives are in most cases. So when you are thinking to yourself, I have ED, I'm going to get something to, to, to get up a little bit. I'm thinking Viagra or Cialis. That's typically what is going to happen in the mindset of men pursuing those types of solutions. And that's because when you put yourself out there and people recognize you over and over and over again, you are seen as a trusted option. Obscurity is one of the biggest dangers to your business. If no one knows who you are, how can they possibly do business with you? And if two options are alike, the person who is more familiar with one of the options is going to choose that option. If they kind of know a little bit about you, but they know a lot about this option, they're going to choose this option, even if this option is shittier than yours. So the goal with marketing is number one, to be in business as long as humanly possible, because the longer you're in business, the more people will see your stuff. Second is just to be everywhere all the time. And this just takes time, right? That's why I'm a huge believer, a huge fan of advertising, because at the click of a button, your message can be shown to millions of people, even if you don't mass produce content. So a strong brand is the antidote to a lack of trust, but it takes a very long time to build a strong brand. Remember, just think about this. Repeated exposure equals trust and familiar equals safe. So when we think about how do we apply this to our business? Well, if you post more often on social media, you are more familiar, right? You're seen more often. If you send your email list one email a year, guess what? They can't even remember who you are. If you send an email every couple of days, your top of mind, tip of tongue, and you will be there when those prospects are finally ready to do something about their situation. And finally, on this point, when you are seen as the preeminent brand in your space, when everyone knows you as being familiar and being around for a long time, you have the luxury of charging more. And I'm not saying you have to wait until that point to charge more, but even if you are charging more, people are more likely to pay without resistance because they simply trust you or your brand significantly more than other alternatives that are a lot more obscure. And the fifth lesson is that there are few viable alternatives. If you think about this, so let's say you're a man who has erectile dysfunction, can't get it up. You have a couple options. You can change your lifestyle or you can take a pill. That's it. And in the pill category, you got Viagra or Cialis. And then some other generics that most people don't even know about. So you have three options. You have Viagra, you have Cialis, or you can change how you live. Which one of those seems the easiest, seems the simplest? Well, it's obvious. 
right? So let's compare that to my world. It's the world of business coaching. I'm not the only business coach on the planet. I'm not the only business mentor that helps businesses grow. But imagine I were, because here's the reality is that if you only saw nothing around business coaching and then you saw my stuff and you knew you needed help solving whatever challenges in your business that we could solve, you would have no other option other than trying to figure things out by yourself. And the thing to remember is this, is that every one of our prospects, everyone in our market, including you and I, we're always thinking, why should I do business with you? As opposed to doing anything else, which includes doing nothing. And if we're not able to answer that question, we're going to be in trouble. Most of us obviously operate in a very competitive market. So in the world of business coaching, there are what every third post is some other guru saying, I'm going to help you get clients to grow your business. Now, what that means is that you as a consumer, if that's what you're in the, in the market for, have a lot more power in terms of decision-making and therefore you have have the luxury of kind of saying, well, not that, not this. I'll try a little bit of that, a little bit of that. But with these penis pills, for the lack of a better term, it's like you take this or you change your lifestyle. There are no thousands of other options. And what that means is they're able to dominate this market that much more effectively. They can charge premium prices and they understand that they can do so because what's the alternative? In our case, in the world of coaching, there are many other options out there. So what's the alternative if you decide to charge premium prices and someone says, I'm going to go with a cheaper option? Well, you have two options. You can discount your pricing or you can say, who cares next? So again, if you were the only coach, if you were the only person who could help someone with a specific problem, you could literally tell them everything. You could say it's the most expensive thing. There's gonna be all these problems you're gonna have to run into. There's gonna be all this hard work, all these side effects, all these contraindications. But the alternative is this. And the alternative is not what they want. What do you think they're gonna do? They're more likely gonna choose you, right? Now, that is the beauty of having a relatively unsophisticated early market. So what happens is if we look back into the world of weight loss, think about 100 years ago, just put ourselves back there. Do you think at that time there were hundreds of diet books on the shelves? Were there hundreds of programs out there? The answer is no. The whole weight loss industry never existed until it did. And that first introduction to weight loss was kind of the Viagra of that time. It's like you can deal with the situation or you can try this new thing, which is called XY. To weight loss. There were no other alternatives, and therefore people would jump on that. At the time, things like those jiggly belts, right? They'd attach them to the wall, and people would stand in them and literally think that the, the weight would be jiggling off their body. These are some of the things that were invented dozens upon dozens of years ago, and we know that they're not very effective. But what I'm what I'm sharing, what I'm sharing here is that when there are very few viable options, you, or in this case, Viagra, become the most attractive one. So, how do you apply this into your business? Is number one, you have to figure out how to differentiate yourself. You have to share your story, you have, to share your, you have to speak your truth, and you also have to continually refine what it is you're offering to the market so that it comes across as not only better, but different. Different is often better than better. And we talk about going back to how do you reduce the time to results? How do you reduce the perceived or real effort involved in getting those results? All of these improvements you can make to your product or program is going to make a huge difference in helping people choose you in a sea of lots of competitors. Cool? All right. So what I'd love to know before we finish off here is which of these five lessons hits home the most with you. Let me know in the comments below. I look forward to hearing from you. And if you've enjoyed this video, remember to watch the next video, which is going to pop up somewhere here or there to help you grow your business and just kick ass. Thanks for watching, and I'll see you in the next video. Hey, thanks for hanging out with me in today's episode. Hope you enjoyed it. If you have, here's what I'd love for you to do next, is if you're not already subscribed to The Health Burner Show, go ahead and hit that button wherever you're listening to this to make sure you do not miss a single episode coming your way. And while you're at it, why not leave a rating or review? It would mean a lot to me. And here's why. Because I lay in bed awake at night wondering, are you enjoying this show? Do you get a lot of value out of this? And I never really know 
until I hear from you. All kidding aside, I would really appreciate a rating or review because as you know, the more people know about this show, the more people we can help and your ratings and reviews make a huge difference. So thanks for hanging out with me once again and I look forward to seeing you in the next episode.